time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining, turn up the station. There's no more waiting, the show is beginning. It's too late to escape, let's go. Here's your host, Greg. Slackers. Good morning, Slacker Nation. Welcome to another edition of this three-hour extravaganza. You are once again listening to Canada's largest automotive radio show. Oh, you know, I think that I should rename this. I, I should say the following now, folks. We are the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. People's Republic of Canada. What's the name of the president of uh, China or the prime minister? What's his name? Ping or something? I'll, I'll trust ben, your you word know? on that. I'll trust your word on that. I don't know, unfortunately. Yeah, don't. You know, no, no, no. When it comes to politics, but uh, you know the latest announcements that I've heard coming through the radio, I, I cannot believe how passive Canadians are in allowing all the rights to get trampled the way that they've been trampled over the last three days. What you need a vaccine passport? What what is this? We are creating a caste system. You know, the people that have the passport that comply and obey and submit. To the People's Republic of Canada government are allowed to go places and do things and, and be their best self. And the people that don't comply, the people that question things, the people that refuse to submit are not allowed to do anything. Dude, man, if this was another country, there would be a revolution taking place right now. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that all these people that want this passport and all these people that want this caste system, we should send them all to North Korea for like a month and see how they feel. And I wish that people would understand that this has got nothing to do with the vaccine. Absolutely nothing to do with the vaccine. It's got to do with the right to choose, which is rapidly getting eroded and taken away never to return because the one thing i can tell you is once it's taken away it's not coming back and i called it here on the show ben this was about four weeks ago i called it and i said the the leader of the um of the republic's party of um liberal canada it's going to call for a snap election because he's buying votes left, right, and center. He is making it rain with taxpayer dollars. 
You know how easy it is to win an election when all you do is to give money away? Money that doesn't belong to him? Just in case, folks, you have forgotten, Canada or the government itself is not a revenue-generating entity. It's not A government is not a gen, revenue-generating enterprise. It's a redistribution system. So they take the money from one people and they give it away to somebody else. And if you're trying to win an election, what do you do? You just give money that doesn't belong to you away. You mortgage your future. Canada has never been in this much debt in the entire history. Already we have a caller, somebody coming to argue with me. You have to have your arguments straight because I'm fired up this morning and I can't believe the Canadians are just taking it. If this person is going to talk to me about anything else other than what I'm talking about right now, I don't want to talk to them. What, is, what do they want to talk about to me, Ben? They, I'm fired up this morning. They do want to talk to you about this, and I believe they're on your side. We've got Louie from Toronto. Louie, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Louie, right, talk to me, I'll, man. I want to know get, what's in your mind. I'll get right on it right away. Just came back from Florida. I had to fly because the science tells me I can't drive across the border with four people in my car. And uh, I have to fly with 300 in a plane. No problem. I'll follow your science. I follow your science. I get tested. I cram in with 300 people in the plane. I come back. I have to get tested. I'll get tested. 300 people back in the plane. I arrive in Pearson. You will not believe this. Last week, thousands of people in the room of a size of a gymnasium were like rats in a freaking aisle, back and forth, back and forth. But you know what made me feel easy, Greg? They had a little sign on what? from Ottawa. You know what it said, Greg? I should have taken a picture of it. It said, breathe easy. The air is being recirculated. <laughs> so I started laughing. I go, you guys are nuts. I wanted to scream, but I knew I would be arrested for it. And you know who was behind me? The tennis player, Chichipras. I'm Greek. I'm of Greek descent. And I saw him in the lineup, too. Yeah. The guy who's playing at the Rogers Cup with his dad. He was in the lineup like a rat, too. Like the rest of us. And I said... I said to him something in Greek, which I won't repeat because it's not, <laughs> they'll translate it. And he was smiling. I go, I hope the people here don't vote for this idiot in Ottawa. But they will, sadly. It, 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 I fired up like you wouldn't believe, buddy. Like you, I wanted to scream. You know, I Louis, I, you know, you know what's even scarier is that he's probably going to win by a majority in the next election. And you I see, know. here is the problem, and here is the problem with democracy. You see, there is a lot more, oh man, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but you know, it's gotten to the point that I really don't care anymore. Uh, let's just say that smart people are outnumbered. <laughs> so people with brains are outnumbered. And democracy only creates a, a, a rule of the mob. And there is a lot more people that are not so into the brainiacs. You know, I, I, I can't skirt around this. It, it's terrible, <sighs> Greg. It's terrible. We're surrounded by, you know, everybody's vote counts as one. But I, I hate to say it. I mean, you're right. We're going we're gonna to elect this airhead again. It's, and he's going to go nuts. If he gets in there with a majority, we are finished. I'm telling you, we're finished. Do you think he's an airhead? Have you heard this other guy, the leader on the MDP? He is going to wipe off, what, student loans, and he's going using that as a platform? What about all the kids that actually took summer jobs and paid for their own schooling? What do they get? So if you're actually productive, you get no benefit from the government? What's wrong with people? You know, honestly, Louis, I think that the biggest 
the biggest problem that we have here in Canada is that we have no perspective. There is no perspective. We have no idea how good we had it. And we are so eager to give this all up and nobody is saying a goddamn thing. And unfortunately, you know, look, I am embarrassed to say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it out loud here on the radio. I am embarrassed, folks, about what the admission that you're going to hear from me. This is Greg Carrasco, and I'm admitting this embarrassing fact. I was a member of the Canadian Liberal Party for the last 15 years, and I paid my dues. But I can tell you this, this clown made me leave the left. I have left the left because he does not represent the liberal value, values that I had subscribed to for so many years. And you're going to say, oh, Carrasco, you're just another conservative knucklehead. No, stop it. Stop it. If anyone has any understanding of, of what classical liberalism actually means, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. The government that we have in place right now is not a liberal government. Folks, look it up. And unfortunately, the Conservative Party of Canada has done a terrible job putting the wrong people in place that nobody knows who they are. I agree with this you, is Greg. the cult of personality, and if you don't have a personality, you're not going to win it. You see, we live in a society so fickle that just because some dude has nice hair, he gets elected. It's like the sexiest man alive. Oh, shut up! Stop it! Hey, Greg, you're Am wrong. I fired up hey, enough, Louis? I, I want to absolutely, buddy. I want to correct you, though. You didn't leave the party. The party left you, buddy. You, you, you still have your values. They abandoned me. Good for you. You know, you know you, I, uh, I, I am so terrified of what Canada with the majority liberal government is going to look like. And I think that, you know, the people that are not, that don't belong to that side of the equation need to rise up. They need to speak up because nobody is saying anything. The mob will take you down. And that's a terrifying thing to do. It was the same thing that would happen in Chile if you said something against the ruling government. It was the same thing. You would be taken down. And this was in the 70s. But again, perspective is a wonderful thing, and we don't have it right now. Folks, this is not a political show. It's not. I have my views. I will share them with you. I am not a political expert. All I have is some perspective. I was not born here. So I know what's on the other side. You guys don't. Many of you don't know what's on the other side. And it's very easy to talk about privilege when you live in Oakville. It's very easy. Oh, you know, we need to take the white man down and white privilege and all this other stuff that I keep talking about. Oh, yeah? Yes, we are privileged. And only when you're privileged, you're allowed to talk about the things that we keep on talking about in the media. But when you worry about putting foot on the table, this is not non-issue. And we forget how nice this country has been for a very, very long time. I was not born here, but I am a Canadian and I cannot believe the Canadian are just taking this. And this is happening. And you watch. They're going to win by a majority because the Conservative Party hasn't been able to get their act together and is very, very, very unfortunate. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is not a political show. My name is Greg Carrasco and I'm your host. And this is the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. We're going to take a small break and we'll be right back. Thank you for the phone call, Louis. We'll be right back. We're back. You are listening to The Great Carrasco Show, the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. 
reminding you this morning that Canadians are falling asleep at the wheel, according to my buddy Martin on Instagram. They just sent me that message. Now, if this is the first time of you folks tuning in, this, this is supposed to be an automotive show. Automotive is my areas of studies. There is where I have spent the last close to three decades expanding and developing my knowledge and understanding just so I can bring this knowledge to you and you don't make the mistakes that people normally make when they walk into a car dealership. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. There is where I live. I have not much of a life. Thank you very much. I spend most of my waking hours at that place. And uh, we are the home of the freedom promise. Freedom. You know, we're going to free you from the anxieties of negotiating because I'm better at it than you are. Trust me, I do this for a living. So no more negotiation. We give you one prize, our best prize. Boom. Done. On top of that, we give you 30 days, 30 days. If you finance something that we have in stock, you can exchange it. No questions asked for something of similar value. Here it is. You don't like it. No problem. The color, no problem. No, no problem. No problem. All I have to say to you is no problem. And on top of that, we have no commission salespeople. I don't know if the vast majority of people understand the competitive advantage that that gives you. When you walk into a dealership that doesn't have commissioned salespeople, guess what? They're going to help you achieve your goals, not theirs. Because when you're on commission, when you're on commission, you will be sold what is more convenient for the person that is getting paid a commission on selling you that car. Folks, it is 2021. The world has changed. Here it is. Hello. Just trying to wait, you know, knock at your door. Hello. It's 2021. You are living in the People's Republic of Canada, and guess what? <laughs> right now, you don't have to pay commission when you buy a new vehicle. If you are still doing so, you are living in the 70s and 60s and 50s and 80s. You don't have to do that anymore. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can make it down to Oakville. Nissan and Oakville Infinity because both stores are under the same umbrella and um, we are about 15 minutes away from anywhere in the GTA at 2 o'clock in the morning with no traffic on a Sunday morning. If it's any other time, it might take a little longer. But either way, you can reach us through the web. You can go to OakvilleNissan.com or OakvilleInfinity.com or you can call me. You got my number. You know where to find me. Uh, a couple of things that I need to share with you. If you are in the mid-size luxury SUV market right now and you're looking at an RDX, you're looking at an X3, uh, you are looking at a Q5, yeah, if you're looking at those vehicles, um, you may want to have a look at the Infiniti QX50 that I have been selling for what it feels like is forever um, because it's the only new product that we have had in a very, very, very long time. But saying that, it's still a phenomenal vehicle, and I think that is, it warrants your attention. And you can lease it at 0% lease rate. So there is no interest. So you come in, get yourself a QX50, pay 0% on your interest rate. That is an aggressive offer. Actually, no, I shouldn't say aggressive. I should say aggressive. You know, people... I put that in a commercial and kids were sending me, my buddy Derek's kids were sending me messages saying, aggressive. So that is an aggressive interest rate. 
And uh, if you happen to have kids that are going off to university, or if you yourself understand that cars are probably the biggest waste of money that anybody could possibly have right now at Oakville Nissan, you can get a 2021 Nissan Sentra. And if you, if you still think of the old version of the Sentra, which was the ugly duckling of the group, you know, the old Sentra was hideous. It was one of the ugliest cars in the marketplace. But you see, the glow-up is unbelievable. The, the glow-up is real. And uh, the new version of the Sentra is absolutely stunning. If you want to see a review on it, you can go to YouTube and look for Greg Carrasco's review of the 2021 Sentra. And you can see my ugly mug there talking to you about the Sentra. You can get one of those cars on a two-year lease. Listen to this, folks. This is probably the best offer in Ontario right now. You can get a 2021 Sentra on a two-year lease with only $995 down. We'll get $995 down with prepaid maintenance for those two years. So for those two years, you don't have to pay a single penny of maintenance for only, listen to this, for only $49 a week plus tax. That is nuts. That is the absolute most affordable vehicle in the province of Ontario. And if you're not getting a Nissan Sentra from Oakville Nissan, you are nuts. You are loco. So this message goes out to the non-locos out there. You can come and see me. We'll put you together on a, on a we'll, we'll put a deal together for you on a Nissan Sentra. And that is going to save you a lot of money. Now, a couple of things that I want to talk about, and this, this message goes out to everybody that works in the car industry because this is what this hour is dedicated to. Uh, I want to give a couple of shout-outs before we go any further. Uh, a big shout-out to the folks at um, The Odd Spot. This is a store in downtown Burlington, The Odd Spot in Burlington, Brand Street. Uh, if you guys are looking for all nostalgic stuff like old video games and Vinyl records, old t-shirts, band t-shirts, odds and ends, all sorts of different cool stuff. You need to make it down to the store. Um, my niece has a little spot there. She sells bracelets. And uh, I was there with my son a couple of days ago. And uh, I promised the owner of the store that I was going to give them a shout out here on the radio. Uh, so if you live in Burlington, Oakville, or anywhere in the vicinity, go and check out this really cool place. It's called the Odd Spot Downtown Burlington. Also... I want to send a shout out to people from Hamilton, people, people from Oshawa, people from Georgina and Keswick and all cottage country. You guys are supporting my two stores in Oakville, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity in ways that I can't even thank you enough. People are driving from all over the province to deal with a no-nonsense, transparent approach of selling cars that Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity give you. I love you all folks. I'm going to reduce the number of people that I don't love from two to one again. I love you all except one person. There's only one person that I don't love and you know who you are. It's not, this is not directed at you. And last but not least, uh, I got a message from one of my cousins in Chile. And he said to me, Greg, how come we don't have new cars in Chile? If you want to buy a new car, there is almost a two month waiting period. Well, we're not that different here, folks. And uh, I know that it may sound to you as a sales tactic, but I promise you it is not. The struggle is real. 
The struggle is real. There are no new cars available. If you're buying a vehicle and that car is not in stock, there is a very good possibility that the dealership is selling you something just to take you off the market because you won't see your new car for the next two or three months. So if you're looking at buying a vehicle within the next two or three months, make it down now and buy something in stock. Don't, don't put an order. It's going to take a long time for them to come down. And it's a big problem. This microchip situation is throwing a wrench into the whole system. It is creating a lot of problems. Now, folks, if you want to talk about anything, especially the car business, if you have a question about cars, buying cars, selling cars, leasing cars, trading cars, if the car industry interests you in any way, if there is a car in your life, if you've ever seen a car, call me. 416-870-1050 is the number. Again, 416-870-1050 is the number. Now, I will talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. The only thing that you should take my advice on is the car industry. The rest is just opinions. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a dumb car sales guy. And uh, this is, I, I'll share my knowledge with you. So this is about sharing. Now, wow, Ben, <laughs> how was your week, man? This Stand is a by. long winter introduction, <laughs> 26 minutes. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Week was good, busy, but uh, you know that's how we uh, that's how we stay afloat these days, right? But I'm doing well. How about yourself? How was? Uh, uh, at least your week was good. <laughs> how was life? My at the week was this terrible. Week? Oh, the, the dealership is always good, man. I, you know, uh, in uh, Sigmund Freud calls this sublimation. You know, I I sublimate my way into prosperity. I sublimated my way into productivity. So. Yeah, work is perfect. Everything else is just, we're working on it. It's work in progress. Let's just put it that way. Work in progress. But uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about something that is, goes amiss for a lot of salespeople in the car industry. And that has to do with trade-ins. You talk to a customer, they have a vehicle. A lot of salespeople don't know how to handle this properly. And for the next half hour, you may want to listen to this. If you're in the car industry, it is imperative that you listen to this. And if for whatever reason you need to jump into your sales meeting, because a lot of sales meetings start at 8.30 in the morning, you should have a conversation with your general manager. Or No, 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 not general manager, because most general managers don't work on Saturdays. They're slackers. I'm the only loser that goes in and shows up at work every Saturday morning. But anyways... If you like to listen to the gospel, the Carrasco gospel on Saturday morning, you may want to talk to your GSM or your GM and say, you know, can you push the meeting up to nine o'clock so at least we get to listen to the sales meeting that Carrasco holds every Saturday morning? Do it for yourself. And if you can't do that, or if you, don't, if you have a non-receptive GSM, you can always download the podcast and listen to the show on your own time. When you walk in the dog, when you want to ignore your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or boyfriend, you can listen to the show and this is good for you. Trust me, this is good for you. So we're going to talk about trade-ins. So a couple of things. This is from the salesperson perspective. On the third hour, we're going to talk about trade-ins from the customer perspective, what they can do for them not be taken advantage of by wherever they happen to be trying to trade the vehicle into. So as a salesperson, one of the first things that you need to do when there is a trading, number one, you need to ask if the customer has been at the store before and whether they have had any contact with any person, via person, phone, email, or internet with anyone at the store. 
You need to ask if your wife or husband or boyfriend or husband, you know, anybody has had any contact with people at the store. Because if you don't ask that, you are setting yourself up to scoop somebody. And that's not a good thing. And folks, if you happen to be listening to this and you talk to somebody online, if you talk to somebody on the phone, and or if you have been at the store before, can you please tell your salesperson? Because... You may not want to, but you are creating so many headaches for that dealership that you are not going to be liked. So that's number one thing you need to do. Number two, if you're a salesperson and you have a customer and they have a trade-in, you need to enter the information in the system. Whatever CRM you are using, whether it's the terrible 180, because everybody in the GTA is using 180 and it's terrible. Dealer socket. Vin Solutions, I think, is another one. Whatever CRM you're using, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your fellow salespeople to enter that customer in the system and see if there is a match. See if the customer has been there before, if the phone number is re repeated, if, if the email is repeated. You need to know. It's very important that you don't take advantage of a game that has been paused. You know, if somebody's been playing the game and they put it on pause, you don't want to pick it up. Let them finish the game. Be nice. Next thing that you need to do, get the ownership. If somebody's trading in a vehicle, they must have the ownership. And just a continuation with that, the name on the ownership has to match the driver license of the person that you're talking to. So the ownership, the name on that ownership has to match the driver license of the person that is sitting across from you. If it doesn't, they don't have the ability to trade it in. It's not their car. And the same thing applies when you're buying a vehicle in the used car market. You talk to some dude on a Tim Hortons parking lot because you're too smart, right? You're trying to outsmart the systems. You like to buy cars privately. So you meet the dude at a Tim Hortons parking lot for a crazy deal that nobody else can give you. So you need to look at the ownership of the vehicle and you need to look at the person that is selling you the car, look at their picture, look at the name and make sure that those two match. If they don't match, you are being victimized or you are scamming the system. That person is called a curbsider. They don't have the right to sell you that car. You may be buying stolen property. That person, you become an accessory to avoid taxes. You don't want to do that. So if the ownership does not match the driver license of the person that you are talking to, they do not have the right to trade in that vehicle. And everything that you're doing is for no reason. And that's the last thing that you want, to waste your time. Okay? Now... Most stores, at least most progressive and astute and wise stores, have something that we call V-Auto. V-Auto, when you enter the vehicle into the system, they will ask you to complete a declaration. In that declaration, there is a bunch of questions that will help you protect yourself in case the customer doesn't tell you the truth. And you know... For those of us that work in the car industry, we know that from time to time, customers like to withhold some of those facts. 
Oh, it was a little bumper to bumper scratch. Next thing we know, it's a $20,000 insurance claim. So by getting the customer to complete this declaration form, you are covering your culo. You're covering your rear end. You protect yourself. If you have a comment on this, folks, call us. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. I know that we have a phone call here, Ben. Uh, who do we have on the line? We've got Don from Keswick. Don, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Don, you handsome. What's going on in the wick? <laughs> Greg, uh, you and I texted the other day. I lost you from down the dial, and uh, and we are reunited, and uh, and it feels so good, like the old music said. I, uh, That's awesome, man. It makes me so happy that you found the show. You know, I try my best to communicate to everybody that I had moved stations. I was sick of the old station, and uh, I'm glad that you're here. Well, I knew you were moving, but I, I still maintain when you first did, it was a slightly different time slot that didn't work for my Oh, it was. It life. was. It was. Yeah, yeah. So then I just assumed you were in the time slot that didn't work for my life, and uh, and I moved on, sadly. But I'm back. Listen, Greg, awesome. um, I just wanted to, to get your thoughts. Back in the day, I bought a Santa Fe um, from Richmond Hill, Hyundai, um, yep. uh, your, your, your old home. And... Um, I followed your advice, got the long, the extended warranty, etc. Long story short, uh, the engine now is showing, exhibiting uh, issues that appear to match the, I guess they're calling it a, a hidden recall slash warranty slash <laughs> I don't know what. Um, and and uh, your former colleagues now have uh, ordered me a new engine. I was just wondering if you could uh, share your thoughts on that, if you haven't already, previously. What, what uh, year is your Santa Fe? 2014. Well, look at, look at it this way. I mean, uh, have they ordered you a new uh, engine, and is it under warranty? Yes, they have ordered a new one. Um, I don't know for sure that it's under warranty. Well, it's a 2014, so depending on when you bought the warranty and what kind of warranty you bought, you may or may oh. not be in there. But I can, this is what I can tell you. You know, look, um, I used to be married before, and uh, in, in the, uh, during the divorce, uh, a certain par portion of the family of my ex-wife, I kept them in the divorce. Uh, so I have some really, really good friends from my ex-wife's family, which I, I adore these folks. So I got a phone call from, you know, Uncle Gord and Aunt Linda last night as I was driving home. And uh, I sold them a Santa Fe because it doesn't matter where I am. They buy the cars from me. And uh, there was the same problem. There was, a, there was an issue with the engine. And uh, they follow my advice. They got an extended warranty. And uh, they were doing business with uh, Newmarket Hyundai. And there is a service advisor. And I wish I knew the name of the service advisor that they're dealing with at Newmarket Hyundai. Apparently, this lady was unbelievable. And uh, there is a new uh, long block engine that, uh, you know, the, the price of this engine was $12,000. And uh, it was covered under warranty. Now, you may not be as lucky uh, because the vehicle is 2014, so for all intents and purposes, you're talking about a car that is almost eight years old now, so there aren't very many warranties that would last that long. Now, unfortunately... Sorry, let, me, let me interrupt. It, I apologize, Greg. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was 
I thought your question was, is the new engine warrant under warranty? Yes, I do have an extended warranty that is still valid for another uh, 6,000K. So uh, it is covered. Okay, so if, if, it's, if it's considered to be a warranty issue, I don't think that you need to worry about it. And this is one of the things that a lot of people don't think about. They think about sacrificing what they want most today, which is to save some money, as opposed to uh, making their life easier five, six, seven years from now. So you did the right thing. You bought an extended warranty. Now, I, I really hope that this is covered under the warranty. Now, unfortunately, the only thing I can tell you is this. Yeah, there is no such a thing as a hidden recall. There is no such a thing. So it's either a recall or it's not. It's either a campaign or it is not. And from that perspective alone, you need to rely on the uh, on the transparency of the dealership that you're dealing with. So uh, which dealership are you dealing with? Actually, I'm, I'm at Newmarket uh, Hyundai as well. You know, I this is what I can tell you. And, and look, I know that the owner of... Um, of new market Hyundai doesn't like me very much because at one point we were competitors and I am a, I'm a, I'm a mierda disturber. And, you know, if you look at the translation, you know what I'm talking about. So, I, you know, I when know. we compete with each other, um, there is a lot of animosities that come along, but you know, Tony Delgobo, which is the owner of new market Hyundai, he runs a really, really good operation. And one of the, some of the things that he's done during COVID is like, you know, hats off, Good for you, Tony. Thank you for doing what you're doing. So uh, if you live around the Wick area, Newmarket, Aurora, and all those places, you need to make it down to Newmarket Hyundai because they do a really, really good job. So all I can say to you is this. You're in good hands. So let, you know, let the process just run its course. And I'm sure that the people at Newmarket Hyundai are going to be able to look after you. Um, and um, if they don't, call me and I'll probably reach out and uh, we'll make sure that you're taken care of now. Uh, so long as you have warranty, you are protected. But, you know, I'm so happy that you're back listening to the show, man. I, I really appreciate that. And um, stay tuned, okay? Thanks, brother. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Ben. Wow, man. There's, there's some good love this morning. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're feeling the love this morning, aren't you? I'm feeling the love, man. And, uh, you know, what we're going to do, I, I need to have another drink here. Um, so what we'll do is uh, we're going to take a small break and we're going to continue um, addressing the things that salespeople need to do when there is a trading that's coming on board. If you have a comment, question, suggestion, anything, call the show 416-870-1050. I will answer all of your questions. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. It is 2021. We have no commission salespeople, so don't pay commission when you buy a car. You need to come and see me. I have no life. Let's take a small break and we'll be right back. And we're back. You are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show, The Greg Carrasco Show, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. It's 2021, folks. Why are you still paying commission? Like, seriously, why? Why are you still paying commission? Why do you choose to do this when you don't have to? Whatever you want to talk about, you can call us, 416-870-1050. Again, 416-870-1050. Cars are my expertise. Everything else is just opinions. And I don't have a clue. I just like to have opinions. I happen to read a lot. I happen to think a lot. You know, I, I was just on Instagram and uh, I came across this post. And uh, the post says, do you ever lay in bed and realize how not okay you actually are? Like you just lay in bed and thinking, dude, 
I'm not okay, man. <laughs> ben, does that ever happen to you? Uh, I mean, there's always once or twice uh, here and there where you wake up and you contemplate your life a little bit. You contemplate your existence. You, you contemplate your, your validity. You contemplate your value in the cosmos. And sometimes it's like, ah, that was just one rough week. I've been having a lot of rough weeks lately. But you know, the, the good thing is that I go, I go to work for a rest. I go to work for a rest of my own consciousness. When I'm at work, it's like I'm productive. I'm helping people and solving problems. We're selling cars. You know, last month was one of the biggest months Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity has ever had in the history of the store being open, which is almost 30 years. And I couldn't thank my staff enough. You know, everybody from accounting to the lot guy, Rav. They're amazing. I'm so lucky to be the head of this organization. And I'm always there. And, you know, people yesterday come in. They came from another store. And uh, they, they had been victimized at another store. And, and they came and talked to me. And you see, I'm, I'm one of the very few VPs in the GTA that actually sits with customers. I have no problem taking an up. And for those of you that are in the car industry, I will take an up. I will go through the entire process. And I try to do this a few times a week. Because you need to keep your sword sharp. You need to keep it sharp. If your VP or general manager does not know how to sell a car from the beginning to end, you're working at the wrong dealership. And if you're working at the wrong dealership right now and you are a business manager and you want to have another opportunity with somebody that knows what's up, you need to send your resume to me. Greg at GregCarrasco.com. I have an opening for an F&I manager. And I'm talking not an F&I product salespeople because I can find those ones and they're a dime a dozen. They're a pain in the butt. The paperwork is terrible. I, 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 don't, I don't want that. I want an actual business manager to come and work for me. We are selling so many cars that I need to expand. So this is how we contribute to society. We are opening positions. We have more jobs available to you. So send me your resume. Now, let's just finish this off because we have Money Mike on the other hour talking about some really interesting things. And folks, if you have no money and you want to create money out of nothing, you need to listen to Money Mike. Money Mike is, is Yoda. Yoda it is. Uh, he is Yoda in relation to wealth management. So he's coming on the other hour. So we're going to talk about the last few points about tradings when it comes to the salespeople at a dealership. So we were talking about getting the ownership, making sure the ownership name is in the same as the person that you're talking to. If it's not, stop, don't do it. Now, we continue with this. Ask the questions on your V auto declaration. The V auto declaration is there for a reason. So you complete it. Ask if the vehicle has had an accident. You need to report this. It's very, very important. And if you're a customer, you need to share this information because it could come back and bite you in the butt two or three months from now. And that's the last thing that you want. We know things. Um, are there any insurance claims against the vehicle? It's very important. That is going to have an, an effect on the value of your car. And we need to know right up front. Are there any liens against the vehicle? Now, once you determine that there is a lien, we need to understand where the liens are coming from. And we'll touch this in two seconds. Has there been any paint or any paint work done on that vehicle? 
Paint work is a very, very big problem on trade-ins because when you do the paint work and you pay cash, because a lot of people do this to try to evade taxes and pay less money, then we don't know how to prove how big or how small the paint work was done. And that is more of a detrimental problem to your vehicle that it will help you. So think twice about that. Now, if, if there is a lien and it's a lease, we need to know what the payout is and what is, who is the lease with? So this is for a, from a salesperson. If it's finance, what is the lien and who is the loan with? Because we need to know if we need to pay that vehicle off, we need to know where the vehicle comes from. What are the payments? Once you understand what the payments are, it will give you a baseline of what the customer is looking for because a lot of people don't want to change. People hate change. If somebody's paying $500 a month, they're not going to pay you $800. If anything, they want to pay less. So once you understand what the payments are right now, it gives you a baseline of what the customer wants. What are the kilometers on the trade? Go physically. Go out there. Don't be lazy. There are so many lazy people. Don't be lazy. Go out into the vehicle. Check what the kilometers are and write the actual kilometers on your appraisal form. Does the customer have all the service records? Look it up on the glove compartment. Ask for permission, of course. Ask them if they have all the service records. Believe it or not, if you have all the service records, the vehicle is going to be worth more money. Trust me on this one. It will be worth more money. Something else. Does the air conditioning work? It's a very, very important thing. If the air conditioning doesn't work, you could be talking two, three, four, five thousand dollar repairs. That could devalue that vehicle so much. You need to make sure that the air conditioning is working. Get the customer declaration form signed. And this is, this is where I'm almost going to stop on this. Because you see, Ben, when, whenever you trade a vehicle in, the customer sits down with a salesperson, and the salesperson goes through a series of questions about that vehicle. And uh, this is there for a reason. This is there to protect the customer, and it's also there to protect the dealership. If the customer is not forthcoming and doesn't tell the truth on this, we have a signed declaration form that we base the value on that vehicle on the information provided by the consumer. And if the information provided by the consumer is not accurate, the dealership has the right to go after that customer. So, for example, if you take a vehicle and trade, and the customer declares that there were no accidents on this car, and they sign for it that there are no accidents for the car. So you take the vehicle and trade, nothing shows, and then we sell that car to somebody else. And later on, for some strange reason, we find out that the car has been on a major collision that has had some body work done, that something bad happened to the vehicle, and the customer that traded it in fail to disclose this to you. You have the legal right to go after that customer with the actual amounts. So you are never really out of money. It's so important, folks, that you understand the, 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 how crucial it is to have the declaration form from the customer actually signed. And you know, there are so many people that are trading vehicles in and uh, salespeople that are appraising vehicles with Use car managers. Now, at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, we don't have a use car manager because we have systems now that are deprived of any emotions and feelings and proclivities. And we give you what the vehicle is actually worth. 
But there are so many salespeople that they're getting a vehicle that's 10, 20, 30, 40, $100,000 coming in on trade, and they don't even take the time to go outside and walk around and make sure that the vehicle is intact, that the vehicle is all there. When there, are, when there is paint work on a car, we can tell. The paint that is done at a body shop looks different unless you have an amazing body shop. Paint work on a vehicle looks different than factory paint and it's very, very important that you become acquainted with the way that paint actually shows itself. You don't want to buy a car that is three-tone that doesn't exist. There are problems there. Just because you're not looking for them, it doesn't mean that they're not there. But the number one thing that you need to remember if you're a salesperson working on the appraisal of a vehicle is that it is your judiciary duty to protect your company from any wrongdoing. If somebody's trading in a vehicle and they're not being forthcoming about the actual origin of the car, about the history of the vehicle, about the actual collision history of the car. It is your job to make sure that you siphon that through. It is your job to, to, to find the facts. Fact finding is the number one thing that you need to understand when it comes to the trading appraisal. So if you happen to work in the car industry, I don't think that we pay enough attention to how important it is to have a trade. Once you have all that information, you're going to be able to get all the money that you need for your customers so you can put a deal together. This is so important. Build the value for the trade for your sales manager. Build the value of the trade for your customer. Your customer is relying on you to go and battle it out with your sales manager for you to get the most amount of money for that baby of theirs. As ugly as it is, even if it's a gold Corolla, <laughs> even if it's a Corolla, it is your job to be able to build the value on that car so you can present the entire history to the people that you work with. Folks, you are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. This is the Greg Carrasco Show. We're going to take a small break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And we are the home of the no commission salespeople. If you buy a vehicle within the next few months and you're still choosing to pay commission, you are paying too much. You need to make it down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity because I'm there and my crew it's awesome. Money Mike is going to be on the other side of the hour. We'll be right back. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. And uh, we are fortunate enough that um, my personal financial advisor, the one that has effectively made me see the Benjamins, was kind enough to uh, join the show. Money Mike, it's good to see you, man. It's, it's, it's always good to have you in the show. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you today? A little uh, fired up again. I, I, I hear I have to get in line to get uh, a membership card of some sort. 
What's going on here? Oh, dude, man. I, I, th there are so many things that I don't understand about the world these days, Mike, that I, I live in a constant state of anxiety because, uh, you know, I'm not from here, although I consider myself a Canadian through and through. I have a Canadian Army vet card. That's how Canadian I find myself to be. And uh, I, I still don't understand how how we're here. I don't know how we got here. I don't uh, I, I don't get it. And uh, uh, the new election is coming, and that's going to be a disaster. And I, I can I can just see it happening. And uh, I called it on the show about a month ago. I think that you were on the show when I said that day that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Liberal government calls calls for a snap election uh, sometime in August. And that's exactly what has happened. Yeah. No. Uh, you know what? I have been so busy uh, trying to get through my backlog of work before my, I get a week off coming up in a week. Uh, I have not been paying attention to the news. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty typical, right? Whenever the government feels their popularity is at its peak, that's when they're going to call an election, which just seems bizarre, but that's the way our system works. So, yeah, buy, buy some votes, and when you think people are happiest with you, let's see if we can get control again. Let's just make it rain. Just make it rain. Folks, if, you, uh, if you're just tuning in, the person you're listening to is uh, yours truly, Greg Carrasco. We're here every Saturday morning. And uh, also, I have on the line here Money Mike. Money Mike is my personal financial advisor. And uh, he's kind enough to share all his knowledge with us here every single, um, every, no, every other Saturday. Last month, we, it was every Saturday. But this month is every other Saturday. <laughs> and uh, he teaches us ways to get out of the rat race. Uh, he teaches us ways to plan our future in a way that uh, at some point we're going to be able to enjoy some freedom. And uh, he talks about some really interesting things that you may want to pay attention to, especially if you are a high net worth person and you have some money in your mattress that you don't know what to do with or you have it invested from uh, in a place that doesn't talk to you anymore and you don't even know the name of your financial advisor because they forgot about you. Um, uh, Michael looks after my stuff and uh, he holds my hand through the toughest times. If you want to reach Michael directly, or Money Mike as we call him, you can reach him at moneymike.ca or you can call him directly after the show at 905-320-6762. I'm going to say that again, 905-320-6762. And if you have monies to invest, that is probably the best phone call that you can do for yourself and your family. It was mine, so I promised myself that um, I wasn't going to endorse anyone that I, I hadn't actually done personal business with. I have made that mistake before. I paid the price for that mistake of doing, you know, having on the show someone that I hadn't personally done work with, and I'm not going to do that again. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Now, you know, when you mentioned the topic of leverage, um, I, yeah. I was I was pretty happy about that because uh, I don't think that. Many people understand how many tools are available for them out there in order for them to leverage a certain position in order for them to achieve their financial goals. So, you know, I, I want to talk about this uh, at a very um, layman's level. You know, I, I don't know anything. Yep. I assume I know nothing. And uh, okay. can you talk to the listeners this morning and, and, and discuss what is leverage. I know it's a very simple question, but a lot of people don't know what this is. So yeah. can you explain to the audience what leverage is? Sure. And, you know, 
the bulk of the show, we're going to talk about it from the perspective of investing, but let's talk at a, at a very fundamental level. Leverage is essentially finding a way to magnify the productivity of people around you, um, magnify our productivity greater than we ourselves could create on our own. And to be honest with you, leverage is the way the vast majority of wealth is created in society. And you know, sometimes I say, if you want to get rich, you got to use leverage. And I don't know, somehow the idea of being rich has become uh, almost like a swear word in society. Everybody wants to have wealth, but they don't want to be associated with being rich. Especially that's, in the uh, People's that's... Republic of Canada. But let's assume <laughs> that, uh, we, we, that, that we grow a brain over the next election and uh, that okay. that's not what takes place. So explain that to me. Okay, so, so let me give some basic examples of what leverage is that people may not even think about or be aware of. The average household used leverage to improve their lifestyle and their standard of living. How did they do that? They bought a house with money they didn't have. They had a little bit of a down payment. They went to the bank and said, give me a mortgage. Because otherwise this, well, what I used to say, $500,000 home, which is now 1.4 million, um, I, I could not afford this home on my own if I had to wait until I saved enough money to buy it. So I'm going to leverage my finances. I'm going to leverage my ability and buy this house using borrowed money. Uh, even more fundamental than that, business owners leverage every day of operating their business, right? They can't, they can't perform all the functions of their business to produce the product or the service that they're getting out in society for the business to make money. So what do they have to do? They have to employ people and leverage their working ability to magnify what the business can produce. Make okay. sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, of that's yeah, leverage. Yeah. That, that's, that's leverage. So individuals can use leverage in terms of building wealth and investing. They can borrow to invest. So could you say that uh, that leverage in a way is is a promise that you make to a lending institution to repay uh, as part of your future self? You're borrowing against your future to use their money to be able to generate wealth today. Would that make sense? Yeah. Well, sure. That's that's any type of lending, right? I am going to promise to pay you in the future for the money that you give me today and I'm going to put that money to use. So, so what is the difference use... between you know loaning or lending money and using leverage money? Because there's got to be an actual distinction between those two. Well, no, there really isn't. Uh, borrowing money to buy something that you can't afford on your own, I mean, that is using leverage no matter what the use of that money is, whether you're borrowing to invest, borrowing to buy a car, borrowing to buy a house. All of it is borrowing, it's all leverage. Uh, and But you know, borrowing to invest is something that sort of comes in and out of popularity in society and in our industry about whether or not it's a, a good idea to do. For some reason, if someone writes a check to me for $200,000 to invest, that's okay. But if they borrow the bank's money, to invest 200,000, all of a sudden it's a bad idea. It's risky. 
Well, there definitely is more risk involved borrowing to invest than investing your own money. What are some sure. of those risks that you that you speak of? I mean, if you know, and, and this is something that I learned far too late in my life, and I wish I knew this a little bit sooner. You see, I like the Lannisters in Game of Thrones. I always pay my debts, <laughs> and we've discussed right. this on the show before. Uh, if I have money in my pockets, uh, and I don't know very many people like this, but I mean, I don't know very many people that are not like this. If I have money available to me, I'll spend it. But yep. if I have to, if I have to pay a debt, if I have a loan payment, if I have a structure, I will make sure that that structure is serviced. So what I've learned yep. to do is to overcommit myself to the to the point that most of my money is already spent before they even make it into my bank account because I will find the most creative and amazing ways to deplete my bank accounts of money. I that is one of yep. my gifts in life. <laughs> I I make superpower. money disappear <laughs> better than anyone that I know. <laughs> So, if, if it were a superpower, you'd be wearing a cape. I hear you. I oh, hear yeah, you. and I would have an S in the front for super spender. But uh, <laughs> you see, I don't know very many people that are not that way. So the whole concept of yeah. borrowing money to invest is something that I became acquainted later on in my life. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people don't know how many tools are available to them in order for them to be able to do this and invest in ways that they never thought before. So, you know, what are some of the, the risks that are involved whenever you use leverage in a way to create wealth? Well, and, and, and so that's probably a good place for us to start because we do have to understand that it is, there is more risk inherent in leverage or borrowing to invest than there is in regular investing um, because of course the thing that you invest in is going to go up and down in value so what leverage does is it magnifies those gains and losses so if you invest in something with borrowed money and it goes down in value not only it, you, the equity or the amount that you own has decreased but the amount that you owe has not so mm -hmm. you buy something for a hundred thousand dollars and it drops to eighty you're still on the hook for a hundred thousand and you only have an eighty thousand dollar asset so it, it's something that it because it magnifies the gains and losses we have to be particularly paying attention to the loss side of the equation so you've got to be careful in what you put that money into society has no problem with people leveraging to buy a house you know the the okay. number of kids today and i say kids and i say that facetiously because they're people in their 20s and 30s but the kids of my clients that i sit down with the number of them today that have seven eight nine hundred thousand dollar mortgages first time home buyers taking on a seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage because hey that's just the price of owning a home today and and society has no problem with that that $700,000 of debt carries risk. You know, mm -hmm. what, happens if, what happens if they lose their job? The bank's not going to call them up and say, hey, no problem. You just let us know when you're, when you're back working again and you can keep making your mortgage payment. <laughs> that mortgage payment has to be made. But again, society does not bat an eye at borrowing any amount of money to buy a house. So that's the reality of leveraging, though, is it? Is that what most people use leverage for, Mike, just to buy a house? Oh, yeah. Is that the number one thing that people do now? What is the Absolutely. number two? The number two reason why people use leverage? 
Well, it's, it's all for purchases, right? So borrowing to buy a house is the most common that everybody does. Borrowing to buy cars. You know, you've talked about this before. You remember you mentioned back in the day when you worked at that a dealership that will not be named. Um, yeah. And you had I, people... I, I, you just gave me shivers. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, but, you know, you, you mentioned someone refinancing to buy a $30,000 vehicle and their car loan was going to be $80,000 because oh, they man. kept rolling over negative equity, right? That's right. Society has no problem with that. It's okay to do that in their mind. Uh, borrowing sixty dollars or $70,000 to buy a car that is going to drop precipitously in value and put you in a negative equity position is the day-to-day -day norm when it comes to buying cars. And that's leverage into one of the worst things that you could pay money for. So it, it's leverage is used very commonly, but you have to be aware that it's a long-term commitment. There's payments involved. And if you, if you leverage to buy assets that go down in value, then you can get hurt. And homes are no different. Canadians seem to have this obsession with homes thinking they are an infallible asset that will never go down in value. And I can tell you, not from my own experience, but experience of my clients, I have a client who told me they bought a house in Mississauga in 1988 for 400000 that they sold four okay. years later for two hundred and eighty. Yeah, but you know, sorry, I, I didn't, often yeah, don't disagree what? with... I, I often yep. don't disagree with yep. you, Mike, because sure. you are my money, you know, Yoda, you know, and yep. I bow down to your knowledge. But, but that only happens, you know, is that only happens if you just sell at the wrong time. I mean, if you if you're looking at buying a house and selling it within the next year, of course, you, you may run into problems. And this is probably Correct. in the 80s or er, er, late 80s yeah. or early 90s. We all know what was happening there. And just in case uh, you guys forget, because it seems like politics erases people's memories. I don't know if you remember the NDP years that we had here in Ontario. Yeah. And that seemed to have happened in the early 90s when everybody was on strike. So, yeah. you know, let's just, let's just not go back there. But if, you, if you're looking at, at a home for a long-term ownership and commitment, there is no downside to that home ownership. Am I wrong with this? It's the same thing with investments, no? Well, history has played that out to be true, but we have to recognize that in the short term, anything can happen. So, you know, you talk about the NDP and what happened in the late 80s and early 90s. Well, then let's look at that scenario. You buy a house for 400, it drops to 280. As long as you don't sell, then there's no problem. But guess what? Some people found themselves in a position where they had to sell. And what do you do then? You know, yeah, some people you... lost their job and went on strike and didn't have an income. So that's where leverage can work out poorly is if we have a short-term time horizon. But I agree with you. Homes for the long-term, they're, they're a great investment. Well, if, 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 if homes are a great investment uh, from a leverage standpoint, because we're yeah. talking about leverage this morning, that's what right. are, you know, cars, folks, cars are a waste of money. You need to leverage yourself to borrow against your, your future self to buy a vehicle. And if you can get a 0% interest rate, do it. Uh, but let's, let's skip cars for the time being. What are some of the other things that, that people do? Number three, what is, what is the third biggest thing that people borrow uh, from a leverage standpoint uh, to acquire? Well, so this is where we're talking about borrowing to invest. 
And hopefully okay. this is going to be the positive side of it. So let's talk about a, a very basic example of borrowing to invest. Let's say you go out and you decide you want to, to, to borrow to invest. You're going to borrow $100,000. Okay. And in today's interest rate environment, you borrow that money over a 20-year period, it's going to cost you $580 a month. Okay? So it's like a car payment. But okay. you're not buying a 40 or 50 or $60,000 car. You're buying $100,000 worth of investments. You're going to pay it off over okay. 20 years. All right. So let's fast forward 20 years. 20 years later, the loan is paid off. No more payments. 20 years later, let me assume a rate of return of 7%. If you're investing in a diversified portfolio of equities, 7% is a very achievable, some might say not very aggressive assumption on what the rate of return would be. I'm, I'm being conservative on the assumption there. 7%. Okay. 20 years later, the 100,000 you borrowed is worth $370,000. Excuse me, $387,000 after 20 hmm. years. Now, how did you do? That sounds like pretty good. Well, I, I invested $100,000. I made 7% a year. I, I ended up with three eighty-seven. dollars well, What's What the interest rate were you paying back on the loan, though? Because you see, you know, last, last time you were on the show, you were talking about the, the secret finance killer uh, that is called inflation. So right. if, you, if you're paying 5% uh, interest rate on your investment loan, and then you get uh, hit with a 3.7% yearly inflation, are you really any better off? Well, so the interest rates today, they're probably about three and a half percent on an investment loan. No more. No more. So when you borrow at three and a half and you invest at seven, it works out pretty well. Now, alternatively, and, and sort of to your point, we don't have to borrow to invest. We could just invest $580 a month, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's a less risky approach. I can start and stop that contribution. Um, if, if things go bad in my life financially, I lose my job, I can just stop investing monthly, but I can't stop making a debt payment. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that, that wouldn't work. In, in, in my world, that wouldn't work because if well, you start investing $600 a month, let's say, just for round figures, it yeah. would take me a long time to get the benefits of having $100,000 in the market generating revenue for me. So when I, when I yeah. borrow the money and I, you know, and I shove initial investment $100,000, then those $100,000 start generating a return for me on the spot. Now, the way that yes. I pay that, that's my problem. Is, yeah. is that what you speak of right now? Well, well, that is. And, and, you know, to your point that you made earlier, there are many people out there that can't force themselves to save. Life always gets in the way. They think of investing last and, and the things they want to buy first. So given the option, they don't invest. So you're are right. you saying to me that those throwing knives are not a good investment on, on, uh, on they Amazon? They were never no? a good investment, Greg. Nobody agrees with you on that. It was terrible. It was terrible. But... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they bring they bring happiness to my life, man. Who are you to tell me that throwing knives from Amazon were not a good investment? Tell me. No, no, what? They are an amazing source of happiness. I just don't know what you do when that ten minutes is up. So, okay. So, <laughs> Listen, so, we're not talking about your sex life, okay? We're talking about oh, investment here, and. <laughs> 10 minutes? Are you kidding? My wife is saying you're going to give me five minutes of cuddling as well. That's awesome. Okay. That's so, great. Uh, so, okay. 
So for those people who forced saving through uh, borrowing to invest is a really good thing, they, they see the benefit of it. But let's talk about the comparison though. What if I just, if I had the discipline to put in $580 a month into my investments for the next 20 years? And what if I earned that same 7% rate of return? Where would I end up? You would end up with about 294000 instead of 387. That's a big so, delta. I mean, we're talking close to $93,000. Yeah, we're $93,000 different. That is what leverage does. It magnifies gains and losses. So if your investment's going to earn money over the long term, leveraging will give you a higher pot at the end of the day. You know, folks, I, if you're listening to the show, this is a lot more relatable than you may think. And I'm going to give you something crazy here, okay? So hear me out for a second. Now, just think, if you just tune in, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm changing the name of the show just so you know. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this morning. So this is the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. And my, my financial advisor, my personal financial advisor, Money Mike, is here with me on air discussing how to build wealth. So if you need to reach him, you can send him an email at moneymike.ca or you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. And that may be probably the best phone call. Oh, you know, I was talking to my buddy Todd Bourgon from the TADA and he is dealing with you right now. He loves you. I don't know why, but he just loves you. He can't say enough good things about you. But folks, if you want to be part of this, and one of the main things that I always tell people, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And this is the reason why Mike is here with me, because he's helped me achieve financial things that I never thought that I could achieve. And the ability to make money does not have or is not equally representative of your ability to generate and retain those funds. So Mike has got a very, very important role in my life now. So let me give you an example. If you happen to earn, uh, I don't know, north of, let's say, $150,000, $200,000 a year, and that you pay an insane amount of taxes because your tax burden is crazy here in Canada. And let's say that you borrow $100,000 that you can throw into your RRSPs. You borrow, let's say you make $200,000, uh, Michael, and you borrow $100,000 from Mike to put into your RRSPs. How much money would you get back on your taxes? I know well, I'm putting I'm... you in the spot here, but this is an important <laughs> conversation. Sure. Well, of course, everybody's tax rate is different, but you're talking about yeah. someone who earns two hundred thousand. They're uh, on average, they're somewhere in a forty percent tax bracket on most of that hundred thousand dollars. Maybe a little bit higher. So you put in a hundred thousand dollars, you get forty thousand or some back. So listen to this, folks. You borrow a hundred thousand uh, dollars. The government will give you back forty thousand dollars of those one hundred thousand dollars. Now you have a hundred thousand dollars in the market, and you use those forty thousand dollar return to pay down that loan to sixty thousand dollars. So now you only owe sixty thousand dollars. So you for overnight, like literally overnight, you just made forty thousand dollars on monies that are active in the marketplace, and you're using leverage and the government structure for you to generate wealth. And this is very seldom understood. Does that, am I making sense, Mike, right now, or am I out to lunch? No, no, you're making sense. And, and you know, many people use RSP loans in order to make contributions that they didn't manage to put away throughout the year themselves. They, they're not able to save monthly, and, and that's the way they do it. But 
I, I agree with your recommendation. If you're going to do an RSP loan, please use the tax refund to pay down the loan. It's a more conservative way to do it. It gets you out of the loan faster. Um, and so, sorry, I've, I've rerun the numbers just to be a little more accurate. On $200,000 income, if you put 100000 in RSP, you get a little more than $45,000 back. That is insane. So, so you can pay more than half of your loan off right off the bat. The moment that you get the, the, your tax refund yeah. and you borrow $100,000, you can pay half of that loan off and you still have $100,000 in the marketplace today and that applies i mean you need to have the room for the rsps but if you have the room you can borrow against it and instead of waiting to to build up your wealth into one two three four hundred thousand dollars you can borrow those monies today and start enjoying the benefits of that return today what we're going to do now folks we're going to take a small break and uh, just remember that you're listening to the greg carrasco show we are the country's largest automotive radio show and from time to time i have my very very good friend and personal financial advisor money mike here with me teaching us how to make money while we sleep so you can reach him directly at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762 we're going to take a small break and we will be right back and we're back you are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. And with me in the studio, or at least from his home studio, is my personal financial advisor, Money Mike. Money Mike is a rock star of financial advice. And uh, despite the fact that uh, Todd Burgon is now denying his undying love for him, I, I know that he has a man crush on Money Mike. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's not he loves my business it's the personal nah, it's the, the professional side it's okay man I, I don't listen there's love for everybody man I don't judge you do what makes you happy Todd it's okay we, we love you back I know I'm sure that Mike loves you back but um, if you um, if you like what you're listening to this morning folks and you feel that today is the day that you need to take control final control of your financial future and you feel that your financial institution has let you down because you don't even know the name of your financial advisor that is supposed to be looking after your portfolio for the last 10 years and you don't know anyone, uh, you probably want to make this phone call. Mike's phone number is 905-320-6762. And uh, if you want to send him an email, you can reach him at moneymike.ca. And just like I did, I, uh, I put my, my fate in the hands of Money Mike, and uh, unlike Moses, he has led me straight to Canaan. For those of you that haven't read the Bible yet, that's the promised land. You know, I didn't stand like Moses and never actually walked in. I'm walking in because Mike actually has the proper navigation system that will help you go through life and achieve your financial goals faster in a more equitable and, and, and more actually in a more effective way. Would you would you agree with that statement, Mike? You know, I made some pretty big claims about you this morning, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing like raising the bar. You know, it you that's the purpose of a financial advisor is to help to organize people's thoughts. You know, I over the years I have met some extremely successful people who were successful long before they met me but there's still some inefficiencies. There's still some improvements they can make on their approach to build wealth in a better manner. 
sometimes by taking less risk, sometimes by improving their approach and, and it creating better strategies. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a fun career for me to have chosen I, and I enjoy working with people to help them improve what they're doing. That's awesome. You know, and, and, and the, the reality is that especially for achievers, for people that for the industrious, for the ones that are not trying to make money off the system, the ones that are trying to generate money for the system, uh, it is a very humbling position to say, I need help. I don't know. And uh, it, it takes a tremendous amount of courage um, to say those magic words. I don't know. Help me. And uh, only when you are strong enough to be able to utter those words is when everything changes because then you, you open yourself up to the possibility of meeting uh, uh, an expert, to, to meet a mentor, to meet a sage, if you will, that is going to hold your hand through difficult times. And you know, just because you can make a pile of money on a monthly basis and just because you can, uh, you have the ability to, to put, you know, two, three, four, five, half a million dollars in the bank, it doesn't mean that you know what you're doing. The only thing it means is, is that you can accumulate wealth. And, and wealth accumulation is different than wealth generation. Am I wrong with this, Mike? Yes, and, and the wealth, the, the income generation is something that many people are very good at. But you're right, building wealth from that income is, is not an easy thing to do. And, and the government does its best to make it even harder from time to time. So, um, yeah, guess we need some professional advice out there to help people to, to, uh, to make the right decisions. You know, I, this is something I do all day long. And so I keep abreast of tax rules and strategies that are available that most wealthy people that I know are busy doing their, what they're best at, running their business, being a doctor, you know, whatever their chosen profession is. So that uh, that is absolutely correct. And uh, and I can tell you, this is something that I have to deal with on a regular basis, Mike. You see, the average consumer will get five, uh, sorry, six to 10 vehicles in their lifetime. And I said this to the customer yesterday, you know, today alone, I'm going to go through more car transactions that you're going to go through in a lifetime. You may want to listen to what I have to say, you know, just I'm just saying. But, uh, you know, something that you mentioned during the break and that caught my attention and often some of the best content happens during the break. You said to me that at the beginning of your career, you used to do a lot of investment loans and now you haven't done one in the better part of a decade. Yeah. Um, can you explain to me why that is? Well, you know, it's, it's been, well, I guess, a little bit more than a, a decade of some turbulence in the markets. But... You know, the financial crisis of 2008 really helped to identify and, and better understand what the risks involved with borrowing to invest are. And not everybody has the, uh, the fortitude or the timeline to, to do it. You know, I, I had a client that um, probably exhibited almost perfect bad timing in implementing an investment loan back in 2008. They took out an investment loan in January of 2008. And can you imagine the financial crisis occurred seven, eight months later? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it, um, hold on, I'm just replying to your email here. Yes, I do have the link. No, I have not okay, been uh, cool. allowed in. Um, so, you know, they, they took it out almost the exact worst timing. And at one point in the first year of that $100,000 investment loan, the investments were down to $65,000. Wow. 
Now, again, same conversation we talked about, about magnifying losses and, and what if you, you get out of it in the short term. Had that client decided, this is too scary, I need to get out, they would have suffered a $35,000 loss uh, in a year. That's a huge decline. Now, guess what they did? They kept making they, their payments and they ignored it. And what happened? They, well, here we are, what's that, 12, 13 years later, and the investments are worth more than $200,000 and their loan is down to about 30 grand. It's amazing, man. You know, Don't so- you just love it when a, when a plan actually works out and when, people it, listen to you? <laughs> it works out, but you know, so we did the math on it and as an annual rate of return, it ended up being at the end of 2020, something like a 9.3% annual return. And that's having done it right before the worst time in recent memory to invest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're not unhappy with it. They're not unhappy with it at all, but they had I'm not the unhappy. I'm not unhappy for them, but you know, yeah. I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of something they call the Smith maneuver? And uh, yes. you know, what, what is it and how does it work? You know, the funny thing is the uh, Smith maneuver is something that we advise our clients to do. My entire 25 years in the industry, this was a strategy we advised, but it wasn't until one individual, and I, I should probably have done the research to, to get the exact history on it, but until one individual was challenged on his uh, on his strategy that he took it to court and challenged CRA and won so they named the strategy after him uh, but it was many years after it had long since been a, a part of of our uh, society uh, because the one thing we haven't talked about with investment loans is that when you borrow to invest you get to write off the interest the interest is tax deductible and that's a, another advantage uh, of, of investing that way, but you're investing in investments that are non-registered in nature. So they're not inside your RSP. Uh, so you're, you're far more preferentially, excuse me, I'm gonna trip over that word, preferentially treated by tax. You pay a lot less tax on capital gains on a non-registered portfolio than you do on earnings in an RSP when you eventually withdraw them. So, there's a second advantage to it, not only magnifying your gains by getting that big lump sum invested, but also mm -hmm. by writing off the interest to borrow the money. So what this, this guy did back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s is what is now known as the Smith Maneuver. So here's how it works. Someone is sitting with $300,000 between cash and non-registered investments, tax-free savings accounts. They've got 300 grand. Okay. But they also have a $300,000 mortgage. So what they do is they take all of their cash, mm -hmm. they pay off their mortgage. And, and they borrow against their house? It, yeah, and then they borrow that $300,000 back and put it back into the investments. By doing that, you now get to write off the interest of your mortgage. What? That, yes. folks, that is mind-blowing. If you are not paying attention to this and you need to listen and re-listen five, ten times what you just heard from Money Mike, you should probably do this. I, why aren't more people doing this, Mike? <laughs> this well, is like... 
because the numbers have gotten nuts. yeah i know the, the numbers have gotten lopsided in society as i said you've got five six seven hundred thousand dollar mortgages and the people with those mortgages are not sitting with five or six hundred thousand dollars in the bank that's just that's just not reality uh some people who are are very successful at generating high incomes have have built up that kind of asset so it, it's something to consider if you can get your hands on that three hundred thousand dollars through your non-registered investing through your cash in your bank through your tfsa's money that may or hopefully does not have huge tax consequences attached to it and you're also uh -huh. carrying a debt like a mortgage that isn't tax deductible then the strategy makes perfect sense you know and i've read some articles that say well the smith maneuver uh, may be a risky strategy that uh, may not be suitable for you well why is it suitable to hold three hundred thousand dollars in cash in a bank account and borrow three hundred thousand dollars in a mortgage for your home how is that less risky it's the well, that doesn't make any story. sense because you're only, not only paying interest on your mortgage, but you're also losing your money at a 3.7% rate due to inflation. So it, it, it doesn't make any sense yeah. for you to have a $300,000 mortgage and have $300,000 sitting on a bank account somewhere. Am I wrong with this? No, no, it's, it's not for sure. And, and so if the intention for that $300,000 is to be invested, then why not? do something like the Smith Maneuver where you get to write off the interest as well. I mean, Folks, imagine. You, oh. Yeah, it, it, imagine. And this is, this is some of the things that a lot of people don't know that high net worth people do. And this information, unfortunately, our education system does not have a financial literacy program that will enable us to understand how people do it. You know, there, there is, you know, that 1% that everybody talks about, there is a way that they live their lives that is conducive to them generating wealth and that is not available to most people or most people think they know better and they don't want to listen. Folks, you are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show and with me in the studio is Money Mike, my personal financial advisor and sage of advice. If you are not paying attention, folks, you need to download the podcast. You go to iTunes, look for the Greg Carrasco show, and you need to listen to the last 10 minutes of the show because that right there could be the difference between you being able to retire 10 years earlier or not. This is such an important show this morning that you have to pay attention. We're going to take a small break, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. I live there. I have no life, and uh, you need to come and see me. Uh, I'll make sure that I make all your automotive problems go away, but when it comes to finances, Money Mike is the guy. Let's take a small break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. You are listening to the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. And with me in studio is Money Mike, my personal financial sage, dropping some gold, some financial, some investment gold this morning. If you haven't been paying attention, you should probably download the podcast and listen and listen to what Mike has to say. Now, you just drop another, you know, gold here in during the break and you were talking about another strategy that you that you want to discuss with the listeners this morning. Can you let us in? Oh, or by the way, folks, if you want to reach Money Mike because you have too much money and you have no idea what to do with it, uh, you can find him at moneymike.ca or you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. Money Mike, the floor is yours. All right. So the other strategy that we're talking about is, is almost a kissing cousin to the Smith Maneuver. It's called cash damming. 
you know, like those those big walls that hold the the water back from like, flooding like the dikes? valley, like like big dikes. Exactly. Okay. A cash dam. Okay. So, a cash dam. Okay. So here's here's the strategy. So this applies to a lot of self-employed people. Uh, okay. Not not those that are incorporated, but people who are self-employed. You know, I talked to a, a self-employed individual recently, and they said, you know, my business brings in about a half million dollars a year. But I've got $300,000 of business expenses and employee salaries that I pay out and I keep the rest. And I said, and you're not incorporated. He said, no. Okay. So here's, here's how cash damming works. That, that self-employed person goes out and gets a line of credit. And then from the line of credit, they're going to pay all their business expenses. They're going to pay their employee salary. They're going to pay their business expenses. The actual revenue the business generates every year, he's going to put that right into his bank account. So that five hundred thousand a year that comes in, it's going to go straight into the bank account, or, or excuse me, the three hundred thousand that used to go out to pay these expenses will go into the bank account. You okay. use that three hundred thousand dollars to pay down your mortgage. The the person I was speaking to had about a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage, so I said it's going to take you a couple of years of doing this to completely pay off your mortgage. But at the end of the two years, you will still owe six hundred thousand dollars. But that six hundred thousand dollars will have been used to pay your business expenses. The loan is tax deductible. You have converted your mortgage to be fully tax deductible. Your debt payment is the same. Your debt amount is the same. You get to write it off. Damn. So that's no called a cash intended. dam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, Come on. I do. I did you, see that. That was clever. That was clever. You have to admit how impressive it is for an ESL like myself to be able to, you know, handle and manage the language in a way that I can generate puns in a financial show. Come on, Mike. I'm, I'm impressed. You did well there. Very punny. Very punny. So anyway, it, it's another leverage strategy that can help people out. So, you know, before we sign off here, uh, you know, how do, how do people determine if this is the right thing for them? You know, are there any questions that, that, that you should be asking before you enter into a strategy like this one? Sure, sure. Actually, that's a, that's a good, uh, good question to ask. So I, I would say that maybe there's three or four questions. The first one is, uh, do I have a long-term time horizon? If, as you said, with anything, if you're going to borrow money to put into something that you plan on holding on to for a year or two, it can turn out very poorly unless you timed it right. And I'm not a big fan of timing. So long-term strategy for sure. Here, here's three more questions. The first question is, what do I do if I lose my job? If I'm going to borrow for anything and enter into long-term payments, I got to be able to make the payments. And if I lose my job, can I still make the payments? Where are the resources going to come from to continue those payments if I borrow to invest? Question number two, what happens when interest rates go up? Interest rates are at historic lows and still are. So we know when interest rates start to go back up, your payment will increase. Can you handle the extra payment? So you've got to be able to do that. And I would give that caution to homeowners as much as I would anyone borrowing to invest. Make sure you can absorb the payments at a higher interest rate. And question number three is, uh, what do I do or what happens when the stock market goes down? The stock market is going to go down. 
It does all of the time. If you're going to invest any money, borrowed or otherwise, in the equity markets, uh-huh. you have to have a long-term time horizon and you have to have the intestinal fortitude to accept the fact that you could lose as much as a third of your money on average every five to seven years. If you can afford to, to stomach that your investments go down by 33% every five years, and, and you think that that investment sounds like a good idea because over the long run, it's going to make that back up and make you even more money, mm-hmm. then equities are the right tool for you. If you cannot see yourself riding that out, do not invest in the equity markets and certainly don't do it with borrowed money. But do not implement a strategy like this without professional advice. Please seek professional advice. That's Money Mike for you folks. That is my personal financial advisor that could also be used. And Mike, what you call intestinal fortitude, I call it <laughs> testicular fortitude. There you go. There uh, you folks, go. That is Money Mike if you need to reach him because whatever he said this morning has has spoken to you. You can send him an email at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762 and we are lucky that we have him on air. We need to protect this man at all cost. We need to protect Mike uh, because he is just spewing. He is, you know, he's barfing advice, gold financial advice that uh, everybody should actually pay attention to. And if you happen to be one of those people that are in the high net worth side of the society and you need some honest, awesome advice like I did, you can reach out to Money Mike. Mike, thank you so much for being on the Carrasco Show. I love you. And uh, I can't wait to speak to you again on the show. My pleasure, Greg. Great to see you. Stay cool out there. Thank you. Uh, Folks, you are listening still to the People's Republics of Canada, the largest automotive radio show. And next hour... It's your hour, is the hour of grievances. 416-870-1050. If you want to talk about anything, I will give you my opinion. You may not want to listen to me when it comes to relationship advice because I am terrible at them. But when it comes to cars and everything else, I may have something interesting to say. Stay tuned. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. We will be right back after the break. It is time. For Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this ride go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg. And we are back, folks. You have no idea what you just missed. Money Mike was on fire. He was on fire. If you missed it, you need to go to iTunes and click on subscribe to the podcast. This is the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. And we just 
share gold. This is gold information, car information, gold. And this hour is your hour. This is the hour of the grievances. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no commission salespeople, folks. This is 2021. If you're buying a car and you're still paying commission, you're paying more money for no reason. And that's a bit of a problem. Uh, ben, my link just got disconnected in Zoom. Send me a new link. I'll, I'll hook up. Um, and uh, we, can, we can talk about that when I see him, when I see Ben's pretty face on my Zoom link. But if you have a question, concerns, suggestions, any issues, grievances, if you have any beefs with anything or anyone, you owe it to yourself to make it public. And I will listen to you. Nobody else listens to you. I will listen to you. The number to call is 416-870-1050. Again, we are live. 416-870-1050. And I will speak to you. I will listen to your problems. I will give you my opinion. You may not like my opinion, but I will give you my opinion. And we can discuss your ideas. So I understand that we have RF on the line. Now, Ben, can you put RF on, online? RF, how can I make your life better this morning? Hey, Greg, question regarding trade-ins. Okay. So I got a 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe, and I'm looking to trade it in and get a Nissan Rogue. I'll make my way out to your dealership in the future. Okay. But the question is full disclosure. Everyone yep. gets into a, everyone gets into a, you know, a, the odd accident here or there. Is there any certain price where the dealership doesn't want to know about our little accident? Or is it something that always has to be disclosed to you guys? For example, well, let me put it to you this way. If somebody was selling you a car, RF, would you, uh, would you appreciate it if everything was disclosed to you? Well, here's, there's a reason why I'm asking this question. Consumers are always concerned about the trust factor when it comes to a dealership. If yeah. we come, and, and maybe you can help change our perspective on it. If yeah. we disclose to the dealership that, hey, I hit someone from behind, it was really, really small, and the total cost was 700 bucks. we're always afraid that the dealership's going to use that against us and discount our trading by a couple thousand bucks. So I'll, I'll leave that with you now to perhaps help us not have that fear. When you see, look at look at it this way. I mean, what is legal and what is right often do, are not the same thing. Uh, if you don't believe me, just look at what was legal in Nazi Germany back in the 40s. Uh, that, that that it didn't make it right. So, according to the the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council dealerships, uh, anything under I believe it's under twenty five hundred dollars. They don't have to disclose uh, what happened to it because you see, in today's marketplace. Um, if you if you repaint a bumper on a Mercedes, you're talking about two grand, and it could be just a little tiny uh, shopping cart scratch. Now, just because you don't have to disclose it, it, does, it doesn't mean that you should omit it. So what I try to do, and this is personally, right? We try to tell everything to the customer. So if you're going to make a decision, you go with your eyes wide open. So this way, there are no surprises. But on the on the other side of that, I expect the customer to tell me everything. And, and believe it or not, RF, 
if your vehicle has been in an accident, it will, it's not that it's going to be used against you and, and, and you, you're taking the adversarial side of that because it's not about taking it against you. It's just that the, the vehicle is truly worth less money if it has had some work done. But that applies when you trade it in and it also applies when we sell it. So at least, if we are going to take losses, we take losses together. So if the vehicle had a two or $3,000 incident, uh, I need to know about it because I also want to disclose it to the customer that's buying the vehicle from me so I don't get called um, unethical or dishonest when the customer finds out that there was a two or three, four thousand dollar hit on the car. So I think that communication is something that needs to be had between the dealership and, 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 and the consumer. So if I am given full disclosure, I expect full disclosure. And like I said to you, uh, what is legal and what is moral are often not the same thing. Uh, and this is a perfect segue into something that I was going to talk about um, in the in the last hour and again if you have any anything that you want to talk about whatever that is if your neighbor is getting you upset if the traffic is is too bad if the if you're against the the highway 413 when, that I found out there's a new highway being built in north end of the city and I am so happy about that um, if you have any issues about anything call the show right now I will talk to you 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. If you're looking at buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, trading a car, if, you, if you're dealing with a dealership, if you're looking at two vehicles and you don't know which one to buy, I promise that I will give you the most ruthless advice that you can find because I don't care about your feelings. Nobody cares about mine, so I don't care about feelings And when it comes to business. The last thing that you want is your feelings involved because the moment feelings in, get involved, logic is the first victim. Again, the number to call is 416-870-1050. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, folks, this morning in this third hour, uh, do we have another phone call, Ben, or are we, I'm, I'm good to go? I'm good to go? You're good to go. No callers. Yet. Okay, awesome. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you ab about this morning is that in, during the first hour, I was talking to salespeople as to how to address a customer that has a trading. There are so many things and many steps that are skipped by salespeople and sales managers uh, across the GTA uh, in relation to a trading. So that is from the dealership responsibility side. But, you know, just like in everything else in life, there are two sides of the story. So now I'm going to talk to the consumer, to you, the client, to you, the listener, to you, the regular person that happens to fear walking into a car dealership because you don't know what is going to happen to you when you walk in. And we, because we all fear what we don't know, uh, you are afraid. You don't want to be taken for a ride, per se. So we're going to discuss over the next hour, and if you have had any uh, horror stories in relation to you trading a vehicle in or buying a vehicle for that matter, you can. I welcome your stories. And I know slackers always wake up at around this time. Uh, so if you are awake or if you're a part of Slacker Nation and you are sitting on the porch or in the garage listening to this voice in your head that comes to you every Saturday morning, I appreciate you. I see you. If you're drinking coffee, good for you. If you're drinking something a little spikier, I'm not going to judge you. 
because I think that I discover the new way of getting myself relaxed <laughs> for the shows on Saturday mornings. And my only witness is Ben McClellan. And Ben is like a, it's like a vault. He will not share my secrets. But I can tell you that in the safety of your home, <laughs> what are you laughing at, Ben? Well, I was just thinking, if, if that's what you do to relax, I wonder what I'd use it for then. Oh, boy. Um, I want to send a big shout out to, uh, what's the name of this place that, of that bottle? Is Glenfiddich? Is that, what, is that how you pronounce it? Glenfiddich, yeah. Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich. There you go. <laughs> it's amazing. In the safety of your home, you can do whatever you want. You're only responsible for yourself. Whether it's caffeine or scotch, it doesn't matter. You're at home, you do what you want, it's your life. And you don't want anybody to tell you what to do with your life. That's the problem with society today. Everybody wants to shame you into doing what they're doing. Worry about yourself. So anyways, we're talking about trades here. So the number one thing that you need to know when you're trading a vehicle in, think of it as a first date. You don't want to show up at a first date after you just mowed the lawn with your boots all filled with clippings and your sweaty, smelly body and your traditional mowing the lawn shorts and shirt with your mouth stinking like cigars like I do when I mow my lawn. I just put a cigar on the corner of my mouth and just puff away. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I enjoy a good Honduran cigar. You know, Ben, just a little known fact here. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an amateur. I don't know enough about cigars. I wish I knew more, uh, but I can tell you this. Uh, for a long time, I've been buying Cubans because that's what you think you need to buy because Cuban cigars and Fidel Castro, as much as I dislike what he did, and as much as Che Guevara, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Che Guevara. That, um, Anyways, I, I'm not going to talk about Che. It's a very, very polemical topic of conversation. So you think that you need to buy Cuban cigars because that's whenever you go to to Cuba and you try to smuggle cigars back to for your friends, they always charge you money. So I came across cigars from Honduras. And believe it or not, they are like 40% of the price and they are just as tasty. And you don't have to feel guilty about spending your kid's inheritance on cigars. So, if you haven't done it yet, um, you should probably try Honduran cigars. And if you want to know a good place to get them, send me a message on social media. I'm easy to find at Greg Cross. Anyways, so when you bring your vehicle in, sorry, I digress there for a second. When you bring your vehicle in, you don't want to show up all smelly. You don't want to show up all stinky. You don't want to show up with the residues of your day, you know. Uh, we all know what you do when you're by yourself and... Uh, I've always said this, the better I look, the worse I feel. You know, when I am looking the absolute worst is when I am the most comfortable and I'm more at peace with my life. But that doesn't apply to cars. So before you show up to a car dealership to get the most money for your clunker, for your baby. So stupid. Cars have no feelings, people. I know, it's my baby. I call her... I call her Karen. <laughs> I just love when people name their cars. I know my son is listening to me right now and he's like saying, Dad, I name all my cars. 
Yeah, it's silly. The cars have no feelings. So before you take your baby to the dealership to get a number on it, and you get completely crushed by the fact that your car is worthless, uh, you need to take it to a detailing shop. Now, you can do this yourself. You can do it at home in your garage and get your little snowflake pumpkins to come and help you clean the car. Uh, do a full-on detail, take it to the local car wash, vacuum this thing, put some air freshener because, folks, I get in some cars that are absolutely disgusting. How can people be so gross from time to time? You know, you walk into a car and it smells like... I don't even want to know or disclose here on air what some of these cars smell like. Don't be gross. Clean your car, put some air freshener, put some pine cones. Coconut smelling pine cones. Some of my favorites. So take it to the detailing shop. Make sure that you clean the little areas. Make sure that you spread the cushions of the seat and use vacuum up all the crumbs of those Big Macs and those sesame seeds that have gotten stuck on the stitches. And you may want to vacuum up the fries that dropped on the side of the seat between the console and your seat. You know, the ones that you try to shove your hand in there and you can't reach. Yes, there are fries in there. You know who you are. You know what, I, what I'm talking about. Clean the car. Cleaning the vehicle. Bringing a fully detailed vehicle to the shop can literally, folks, give you thousands of dollars more for this machine. And the only thing that you're doing is saying to the dealer, whether you mean to or not, whether it's true or not, you're saying to the dealer, I actually care about my car. I am giving you this product that I looked after for the last three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. And uh, there is some value in you caring. So that's all we see. We see something nice, something smelling nice, something clean. We want to get into the vehicle. We see our customers driving that car. So we will give you more money for the trade. Simple. Also, if you are a smoking slob that you like to smoke in your car with the windows closed, let me tell you something. You will literally annihilate the resale value of your car by cutting out between 15 to sometimes 30% of the value because your car stinks. In it may not smell to you because you smell just like your car, but I can tell you this. People do not want to buy cars that belong to smokers because they smell and you can never get rid of the smell. It sticks within the fiber of the being of the car. Every time you sit on that cushion, a puff of tobacco smell comes out and it's nasty. If you're going to smoke, at least Keep the window open, all the windows open, and don't put the recirculation button on because when you put the recirculation button on, it sucks up the tobacco, and guess what? Now you have nicotine inside the pipes of your vehicle, so you will never be able to get rid of that nasty smoke smell permanently. There will always be a residue there. So anyway, you show up to the vehicle, to, to the dealership, you bring the vehicle, it's, it's nice and detailed, we're going to try to help you out. Second thing that you need to worry about, folks, bring your service records. It will add value to your car, especially if you service the vehicle at the dealership from where you bought it. 
So if you bought a Toyota, you service that vehicle at the Toyota dealership that sold it to you. That means so much to a dealership that is buying your car. You Number one, you care. Number two, you develop relationships with the dealership that sold you the vehicle. Number three, we know that we are selling that car to somebody and that will increase the value. Because if you go buy a used vehicle and I say to you, that vehicle has always been serviced at the Toyota store where it was bought. And we have all the service records. Boom! Right there. That is a hot button for a lot of people that are buying used cars. Why? Because you are not that different. Most people are looking for vehicles that were well maintained. Most people are looking for vehicles for which the service records are available. And if you say to me, ah, you know, from time to time, I just went to the local, you know, mechanic shop and, you know, a body of mine changed the oil. That's terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. Don't say it. If you can't prove it, it didn't happen. So if you don't have the service records, you better have a good excuse because you are literally just chopping the value of your trade and you don't want to do that. If you have a say in the matter, call me. If you disagree with me, call me. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Now, so we talked about number one, detailing the vehicle. Number two, bring the service records. Number three, Bring the ownership. If you don't have the ownership of the trade, we don't know if that vehicle belongs to you. Most credible car dealerships do not want to speak to you. Because if you cannot prove that that vehicle is yours, we are literally just taking a risk that you're trying to trade something that is, doesn't belong to you. And that's not a good idea. So if you want to maximize what you get for your trade, you want to do all the things that I'm telling you. Believe me, folks. You know, most of you or some of you are not going to come and see me. So this is going to help you no matter where you go. This is the Carrasco gospel. I'm helping you out. I'm hooking my brothers out. I'm hooking my sisters out. Next. The asking price that you see on Trader is not the value of your vehicle. I cannot believe, Ben, that after all these years of having this radio show and constantly talking about this on air, people still make the absolute asinine mistake of trying to determine what the value of their trading is based on the numbers that they see on auto trader. Folks, that is a stupid thing to do. It's not accurate, it doesn't mean anything, and it's not going to help you. In fact, the only thing it's going to do is going to increase the level of disappointment when you find out what your trade is truly worth. And I want to talk to you through this, okay? Let's say that you have a vehicle, okay? Let's say that you have a vehicle that auto trader average says that it's $20,000, okay? So auto trader says that that car is $20,000. So the typical non-Carrasco show listener will say, Oh, my other trader says that uh, my car is, is worth 20000 So you have to give me $20,000 when I trade in the vehicle. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's say that you are right, okay? And if cars are being asked $20,000 on other trader, and I give you $20,000 for it, 
So now I have to safety certify the vehicle and depending on how badly your service records is, you know, I'm going to spend another $1,500 on that car. So I gave you 20. Now I, I have on the car 21,500. Now, on top of that, I have to advertise that car for me to sell it because you saw that ad someplace and that's what we do. We have to pay to show the product and showcase it somewhere so you know that that product exists. Let's say that I spend $500 now. Now my cost on that car is 22000 Then on top of this, I have to make a little bit of money. That's why I'm in business. So let's say that I want to make 5% on that car. So I add 5 percent to the value of the vehicle. So that's a thousand dollars. So now the vehicle cost is twenty-three thousand. Okay. Now I need to pay somebody to sell this car because cars are not sold for free. I need to pay somebody. So let's say that I pay my salesperson three hundred dollars to sell the vehicle. So now my cost on that car is twenty-three thousand three hundred. If I can get that car that you literally saw on Trader for 20000 and now because I give you 20000 I have to ask for my car, 23300 what do you think the chances are that I'm going to be able to sell it? Ben, can you please help me out with this? Will I ever be able to sell that car? Uh, my guess would be no. So why do people insist in thinking that they're too smart by checking Auto Trader to determine what the trade value of the vehicle is? Come on, folks. It, this is not that complicated. You know, so, you do know, you do know who'd be able to find a way to sell it, though. Our buddy, who? our buddy Jim from Pickering, probably. Oh yeah, because he's so smart. Jim, we love you, man. But you are like brilliant. You are the smartest person that you know. <laughs> I love you, Jim. You know, when we talk about you, when you're not calling, that means that you call enough. If you disagree with me, folks, and if you think that I'm that I'm that I'm not speaking truth right now, call me 416-870-1050 is the number. On the other side of the break, we're going to take a small break right now. We will continue to tell you how to get the most money for your trade within reason, and it's often not what you think. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the Freedom Promise. No commission sales, people. One price right up front. And if you find us, you can exchange the vehicle after 30 days or a 1,000 kilometers. There's nobody else doing that. We remove all the anxieties, all the fears, all the hesitations and trepidations of the car industry. Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is quite possibly one of the safest places on the planet for you to come and buy your cars from. And that's why I'm here. And before you buy anything, you owe it to yourself. To come and see yours truly at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. Let's take a small break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome to the final hour of a three-hour extravaganza every Saturday morning. This is where Slacker Nation congregate. Ben, can you sing? Do you have a singing voice? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, do I have a singing voice? Yes. A good one? Yeah. So I know that there is somebody super special that's listening to the show this morning. And uh, you see, I have this really soft spot for seniors. I always have seniors are safe. There is so much in there. They've lived so much. They've seen so much. They've suffered so much. That every time I see a senior and they come and talk to me, I just want to make their problems go away. I don't think that this society has enough appreciation for seniors. They get old and we just shove them in a senior's home. And goodbye. Never see them again. 
But I think that there is a senior citizen that, um, that, I, that needs to be recognized this morning. And I think he's listening to the show. His name is Tom Nugent. Tom, I'm going to force your grandkid to sing to you this morning. Come on. Ben, let's do this oh, together. Goodness. Let's sing happy birthday to Tom. <laughs> happy birthday to Tom. Happy birthday to you. Tom. Happy birthday, Tom Nugent. Happy birthday to Tom. Happy birthday to Tom Nugent. He's listening to the show. He's turning 81 years old this morning. You, you, you made me sing, Tom. It's awesome. Does he listen to the show often, uh, Ben? He does. He's a regular listener. He can, uh, you can definitely classify him as a slacker. <laughs> I love him, man. He's earned the right to slack. And you know what? You should give him the phone number. You should have him call the show. I would love to talk to him. Oh, I love see, people, see what man. I can There's, do. There is so much stuff going on there. But anyways, so we were talking before the break. We were talking about how many people are... You know, delusional, thinking that whatever they see on the trade, on auto trade, that the trade is worth is not, folks. You're setting yourself to fail. You're setting yourself up to be disappointed. And also, you are setting the dealership up to come across as if they're trying to steal your trade. They're not. The, there is so much information out there today that, you know, if you make a mistake trading in a vehicle, it's because you, you, you intentionally decided to make a mistake. Next thing, please be honest with the dealer in relation to accidents and paint work. And if you're not, you may be paying or be responsible for this sort of problems down the line. Because if you don't declare everything that has happened to the vehicle and you sign that vehicle declaration form that you know and you've declared everything that you needed to know, uh, when we sell that vehicle and if something happen down, happens down the line, this signed declaration form can come back and bite you in the butt. And you don't want to do that when it comes to dealing with your dealership. And I know that you listen to all this, you know, shifty, fast talking, slimy, slippery uh, gurus that you see on the web and in YouTube. And there is all sorts of these people that tell you to play games with the dealer. You know, don't. Don't try to play. You, you don't, don't try to bluff the gamblers. You know, we, we know what you're doing. We've seen you do this once every five, six years. We do, we do this every day. So when you are BSing the dealership, we know what you're doing. So try not to do that. You are always going to end up with a short end of the stick, and that's not what you want to do. Um, now, something else that a lot of people don't know, Ben, is that uh, if the vehicle is an American car because you thought that you were outsmarting the system at some point and you bought a car from the U.S. back in the day when can Canadian dollar had actually value, um, you should expect a 30 to 50% gap in the value of your American car. So whatever you saved uh, when you bought the vehicle, you're going to pay it right back because your vehicle is going to be worth not a lot. And you're going to say, oh, but you know, what's the difference? Well, you know, try to say that to a customer because dealers have to deal with that nonsense. We, we try to sell a vehicle. A customer is, is going to say, uh, so can, what can you tell me about this car? And I'm going to say to them, uh, this car is American. And they're going to immediately say to me, I don't want it. Unless it's a crazy deal. I don't want a car that came from another country. Whether it came from the U.S. or Mexico or El Salvador. <laughs> There's no difference. It's just another country. So don't fool yourself into thinking that you can outsmart the system. You can't. Okay? Now, how do you know that you're getting the right value for your trade? 
How do you know that? Well, I can tell you this, and I've, and I've advised this to many, many, many people uh, over the years. The, uh, if you ask the dealership, most car dealerships today have something that we call V-Auto. V-Auto is a market system in which every single dealership pushes in all the trading information for all the vehicles that they have for sale, all the vehicles that are available in the market, private sellers, dealers, new car dealers, used car dealers, wholesalers, everything is in this market. And the system tells us what the vehicle is worth, what, uh, how many market day supply, what is the cost to market, value to market, uh, how many vehicles are in the marketplace. So the system will tell you really what the vehicle is worth. So that's the reason why I haven't had a used car manager for the better part of the last six years, because you don't need to. Information is the new negotiation. You don't need to negotiate when you have all the information. And that's the beauty about dealing with dealers that, that are based on data. I don't want to have people dealing with you with intuition. Oh, I feel like your car is worth X. I feel like your car is worth Y. I don't care what you feel. What does the system say? I want to know what the market value of that vehicle is. And you have the right to ask for the market report. Every dealership that has V-Auto, and this is a very, very common system, folks, and it's really important because it protects the dealership from making mistakes and it protects you from getting paid too little. So every dealership that is worth their weight in salt, they have a a system that is called V-Auto. And that's what keeps us all honest because it tells you what the market is doing in relation to your vehicle and that removes all the opinions. You don't want opinions in relation to your car. You want data. You want facts. You have numbers. You want market market data to determine what your vehicle is worth, not the feelings of a used car sales manager. By the way, that position is very quickly becoming obsolete. So you ask for this report. And within this report, you're going to see a bunch of things. You're going to see the number of vehicles that are within your trading area. And now, whether that is um, a 5-kilometer radius, a 15-kilometer radius, uh, a 1,000-kilometer radius, or nationwide. So we determine the market area uh, for your vehicle. So let me give you an example. If you're trading in um, an Oakville Honda Civic, which is... Um, Mercedes C-Class. Um, so for those of you that are new to the show, in, in, in Oakville, uh, the Honda Civics are Mercedes C-Class. So that's what parents what, feel that they're little... <laughs> what, would be a, what would be a sweet gold Corolla in Oakville then? Uh, BMW 3 Series. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so people in Oakville feel that they need to buy the little snowflakes um, C-classes and 3-series or CLAs or Audi A4s or Acura TLXs for their Snowflakes 18-year-olds because they deserve to drive some luxury. I forget about that all the time. Stop it. You need to step down from that Clydesdale. That's a pretty high horse to be riding and you're setting the standard pretty high for your little... A pumpkin over there uh, that uh, they, they may not be entitled to drive. So don't. But anyways, um, so you said the market area and uh, the GTA is pretty 
uh, is pretty good for that because you don't have to go very far to get a, a massive number of samples on your car. So if you're trading in a Civic uh, and you put a 25 kilometer radius, you're going to see 5,000 of them. <laughs> there are so many Civics for sale. It's insane. Just as many Corollas, just as many C-classes and 3 Series and A4s. You're going to see so many of them. So now you get a sizable sample of vehicles like yours and how long it's taken for those cars to be sold, what the average kilometers are in the marketplace, and what the average asking price, not selling price, because a lot of people confuse that, asking price and selling price. Here's the difference. Asking is what you want for it. Selling price is what people are willing to pay for it. The unfortunate thing with AutoTrader is that it only tells you what people are asking for it. It, it. it tells you wishful thinking. You know, you have a car and you want to ask $25,000 for a 20-year-old car. You can ask whatever you want for it. But ultimately, that's the beauty of a free market so long as it still lasts. Because very soon, we will own nothing. If you let the NDP in power, they're going to tax you 80% of your capital gains. What? It seems like the role of the government these days is find anybody that is successful in any way and play a game of whack-a-mole and just slap you down. <laughs> just bring you down. <laughs> so the system will tell you what willing people are willing to pay for it. That is not available to you, but it's available to us at the store. So we can tell you what the vehicle is worth. But also, it will tell you that if there are no vehicles like yours across the country, then maybe you should set your expectations at a different level. Now, it's very important that you ask for this market report because this market report should ring true at every dealership that you go to. Now, a lot of people think this and they get confused when it comes to this sort of situation. They think that their vehicle is going to be worth more at another store. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Your vehicle is not worth any more or any less depending on the dealership that you go to. What changes is the level of games that are being played with you and your feelings getting placated by some person that wants to make you feel good. You, you see, trade value doesn't mean anything. What is the trade worth? I don't know. Let's look at the market. Then we'll tell you what the market is worth. And then you, let's say that, let me give you an example. Let's say that you, you go to a dealership and you're buying a Honda CRV, and you get $10,000 for your vehicle somewhere else, and then you get $12,000 somewhere else, and then you get $8,000 somewhere else. You see, the, the layman, the, the, the non-analytical person is going to go to the, the dealership that gives them $12,000 for the trade. But the reality is that it doesn't mean anything. What ultimately means something is what your payment is or what the overall cost is going to be. Because if you're getting $12,000, but you're not being given a discount, you may actually be paying more for that vehicle that you're buying, regardless of the fact that you're getting more money for the trade. Try to make somebody understand that. It's so unbelievably difficult to make someone understand that. So at some point, we're just like, okay, man, you, you're gonna believe whatever you wanna believe. This is what the market is saying. You know, my ability to 
to buy this vehicle from you, to give you a, a, an equitable, a fair value for the trade, is going to mean the difference between you believing in me and staying with me at my store and you trust in the fact that you have a solid professional organization behind you that are not trying to take advantage of you. But also you need to recognize the fact that dealerships are there to generate a little bit of profit. I don't know why the car industry is so vilified for trying to make a little bit of money. It shouldn't be. Folks, this is Canada's largest automotive radio show. And all we do here is to share knowledge. You don't have to agree with it. If you don't, you can call us. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And this show is brought to you every single week here from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity in Oakville loves Infinity and until the end of the month you can get an Infinity QX50 which in my opinion is one of the sexiest one of the sexiest mid-sized luxury SUVs for the very very reasonable low rate of zero you are paying no interest by leasing a luxury vehicle from us at Oakville Infinity, you need to make it down before you make a decision of buying anything else. At least drive it and see what you're missing. Oh, Ben, on the other side of the break, remind me about the QX60 2022 gala that we had last week, which was a complete success. Folks, let's take a small break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And since I've renamed the show, because uh, now we call it the People's Republic of Canada's largest automotive radio show. I wonder how long it's going to be until I get in trouble for that. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the largest automotive radio show there is, and podcast for that matter. Um, we talk about all sorts of different things, and uh, today we've been talking about trade-ins from the dealership standpoint and now from the consumer standpoint. And uh, it's so important in, that the general folks or the general population understands how simple the trading in a vehicle has become over the last few years. There are so many systems uh, in place. The internet is going to be a very valuable uh, you know, source of information for you to make an educated decision. But I think that out of all the things that I can share with you folks um, here on the show, I think that the number one piece of advice that I can tell you in relation to your trade is the following. Um, if you ask the dealership, uh, for a trade-in value. Uh, so they give you an appraisal on your trade. And, uh, and the appraisal is actually true. And so they're not playing games with you. They're giving, they're giving you an, an honest value on the trade. They should be able to give you that value for the trade whether you buy a vehicle from them or not. Now, if you don't buy a vehicle from them and they overinflated the trade, just to placate your feelings and to make you feel good and just essentially play games with you, which is ha happens a lot more often than you think, then they will not be willing to buy the vehicle for the value they gave you for the trade. So on that basis alone, that should raise all the red flags for you not to do business with the company that is just playing with you. You don't want to be played with, at least not at a car dealership, you know, as, as it comes to, the, to a car dealership. You don't want people playing with you. Uh, and, and, and that is one of the number one ways to determine whether you're getting at a reasonable value on your trade. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to elaborate on this to the point that there is no ambiguity in what I'm saying. So for example, you bring in a vehicle, the dealership gives you $10,000 for the trade. Okay. 
So let's say that you don't buy the car today and you say to your salesperson or your sales manager, whoever you're dealing with, uh, Bob, let's call him Bob. Bob, if I don't buy the vehicle from you, if I don't buy another Toyota or Honda and I choose to go and buy a Nissan from that crazy guy on the radio, Carrasco, would you still be willing to buy my trade for the $10,000 that you gave me? And if you sense any hesitation on the answer to that question, that is the number one sign that somebody is playing with you and you do not want to do business with someone that has inflated the value of the trade just to make sure that your feelings are not being hurt because now they're not managing the transaction, they're managing your feelings and you don't want to do that. I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. The moment that your feelings get involved in a financial transaction, logic is the first victim. Vehicles are not worth more money from one place to another. The only thing that changes are the games that are being played for them to make you not feel a certain way that would not be conducive to them completing or finalizing a transaction. But if you ask them, if I go and buy a car from Greg Carrasco, which a lot of smart people do, because they understand what it means to have a radio show and the fact that they are fully protected from any wrongdoing because I hold myself accountable here every single week. So let's say that you come and buy the vehicle from me and you ask your current dealership, would you still buy the vehicle from me at the price that you gave me, even though I may not buy the car from you? If they say to you, yes, that's a good sign. Because if you bring it to me now and I am unable to give you what the other dealership gave you, no problem, I'll sell them the car. They can buy that trading. And in the severe absence of inventory, then it may be something that they want to do. Because we cannot find cars, folks. I know that many of you don't trust car dealerships and you don't trust the narrative that takes place and you don't trust the message that we're putting forward. And many of you think that dealerships and car manufacturers are playing, playing games with you, telling you that we have run out of cars. Folks, this is a thing. There are no cars. We can't find cars. So if you have a value for the trade and you have a dealer that will pay all the money for it, why wouldn't they want to buy it when it's very, very difficult to find used vehicles in the, in, in the Canadian marketplace right now? I, I wouldn't understand that. So that is number, one of the number one ways to determine whether you are being given a fair number for the trade. Uh, do, do we have a phone call there, Ben, or uh, should we can just continue? Okay, we, sh we should continue. You know, we got a phone call from a duck cleaning company. I was going to put him on air just to ask him how much you'd charge me to clean my ducks. <laughs> uh, folks, I want to thank you once again uh, for sitting here with me on a Saturday morning discussing life at large. And you know, I, I don't want you to confuse uh, my passion in relation to certain topics with, you know, being overly dramatic. I, I do like to engage every one of you with something that would make you think for a second. And if one of you, you know, starts a spark of questioning things, of, of discussing a topic, especially in relation to the car industry, because like I've said many, many times before, that is my only area of expertise. The rest is just opinions. Um, you know, I welcome all your opinions. You can find me on social media at Greg Carrasco. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter that I barely use now. I still remember when Twitter was relevant. Um, you can find me on Facebook that is still mostly boomers. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, which I spend a lot of my time these days. 
Ah, uh, you know, I, I do have a TikTok account, but I, I, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I, I, I did a video the other day and I thought, no, man, my kids are really going to disown me. Uh, I'll, also, I'll stay if you're getting, watching that one. <laughs> if you're getting your political opinions coming from TikTok, you need to slap yourself. Honestly, slap yourself. Anyways. I thank you again for indulging me uh, this this Saturday. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And uh, if you are in the market for buying a vehicle and you're looking at something uh, inexpensive, something that makes sense, uh, this is after research here. The the best offer in the province of Ontario right now is at Oakville Nissan. You can get a 2021 Nissan Sentra with only 995 down. Uh, on a two-year lease, and we will include two years prepay maintenance for only $49 a week plus tax. That vehicle is automatic, folks. $49 a week plus tax for a Sentra on a two-year lease with prepay maintenance is insane. So before you buy anything, you owe it to yourself to come and see me at Oakville Infinity or Oakville Nissan, and we all know why. There's something happening here at OakvilleNissan.com. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!